Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now, 106.3 WORD proudly presents Hot Rods and Happy Custom car and hot rod enthusiasts together for a weekly chat. Here are your hosts, Rob Pitts and Odd Rod. Live and local on 106.3 WORD. All right, guys, you're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour Radio. I'm Rob Pitts with my co-host, Odd Rod. How you doing, Rob? All right, tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Well, we got a lot coming at you today. Uh, We're talking about cars, mainly our cars. Our cars. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Also, today the trailer is getting released for Fast and the Furious 8, so we're going to be talking about Fast and the Furious, the whole series. Also, we're going to be talking about SEMA. SEMA. Sin City, baby. Yeah, we're going to be going there. And also, we're going to be talking with a very special call-in guest tonight. Very special. Who, who are we talking to? Dennis Pitzenbarger. Dennis Pitzenbarger. Oh, Lord, Mr. Seema himself. All right, guys, we got a great show lined up for you today. So you say we're talking about our cars, right? Now. Yes, sir. We're going to talk. I want to start this off by turning it to you on this one. Let's talk about the infamous Boo thing, that beautiful 65 Chevelle. Tell them about the car and tell them how it got its name. Well, that car is kind of special. I built a 32 Ford Roadster. <laughs> And uh, it's one of those cars, when I first got it, I absolutely loved it. And the closer I got to completion building it, I fell out of love with it. You know, it was it was something fun to look oh, at. It happens. It's like the trophy wife of cars, because it's fun to look at, but it's worthless for anything else. Yep. Uh, I sold that car, and I was looking for something. I wanted a muscle car, something along those lines. And everything I looked at was a little too far, a little too far gone, a little more than I wanted to do at the time. And show season was coming up. And a friend of mine told me about a 65 Chevelle. And uh, matter of fact, he called me and said, I know where this old Malibu is. And I'm like, I don't want no Malibu. Yeah, anyone knows. Nobody wants a Malibu. Well, is it a Chevelle or nuts? And, uh, you know, I saw I saw a picture of it. I'm like, uh, we might want to check this out. And I saw the car. She had good bones. It was just a great car. It was restored all original. It's a 65 Malibu SS 327 300-horse 4-speed car. Um, all matching numbers. I mean, it's just a great, it's just a good car. It's restored well. No, now you're saying that 300 horsepower very loosely, I hope. It's 300-ish. Okay. All right. It's 300-ish. You know, they weren't real exact in the 60s. Yeah, sure. The uh, She may have had a few improvements over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, we got the car, and, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to do my touches with it. And, and, you know, we lowered it, changed the suspension on it, you know, wheels, tires. And the next thing you know, I mean, this car, I gave it a soul. I mean, it had a heart, but I gave it a soul. I mean, I gave this car some eye appeal. I mean, this car's got eyeball all over it now. And and that's the thing that's cool about it because it's so funny. I can go somewhere in this, my Malibu now. I, mean, I can go six hours down the road, and they know the car. I mean, the car literally right now, you can Google it. And it pulls it up. You type in Boo Things Chevelle, and it pulls that car up. I mean, the car, I don't know, it's kind of infamous now. Oh, yeah, everybody knows it. And we're here, we're talking with Rob right now. We're talking about his 65 Malibu. Rob, everybody knows this car is the Boo Thing. Tell us how it got that name. It's kind of a funny story. You know, I was bringing the car home, and, you know, I didn't know much about it. And 
there was a gas station not exactly on the best side of town, and and we came in, and there was a lady there, and I'm ninety percent sure she may have had a substance abuse problem as she was being drug out of the convenience store. Are you saying she was tipping back on Grandpa's old cough medicine? I'm pretty sure she was dipping in the sauce pretty heavy. I'm keeping in mind it was about one o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, uh, she got to got to jump on the party if you catch my drift. <laughs> and as they were dragging her out, my buddy was with me. Actually, a good buddy I did stand up comedy with for years was with me as we was walking in the stores. There's drag this lady out and she said y'all ain't got to mess with me my boo thing's coming to pick me up <laughs> and my buddy's like hey man you brought your boo thing with it we got your boo thing with us you know being a malibu <laughs> and then it was so funny the next day i brought it to my shop and the uniform man comes in the shop and he goes look at that old boo thing sitting there and i'm like so the name just stuck well, I think it's a good name for the car. It is a good name for it. You know, it was one of those things that you know wasn't planned or anything like that, but it's just one of those things like it was meant to be. You actually have that uh, pinstriped on the... I actually the- did. I had Jeremy Kemp in Spartanburg, South Carolina. He actually pinstriped the hashtag boo thing on the dash. That's awesome. Tell, tell us a little bit about your truck, too, you got, Rob. I've got a 72 GMC Sierra Grande pickup truck and basically it's it's like any other c10 truck the thing that makes this truck special is it's actually a one-of-one truck um it was actually special ordered in the state of kentucky it's black with every option you could possibly get in a 72 truck but tilt wheel factory big block 12 bolt rear end positive traction factory dual exhaust factory air everything you get in a short bed loaded out truck every piece of trim you could throw at it and that that blue hound's too theory and that thing is and, awesome and then too. one of the things that makes there's two things that make that truck one of one well three things actually the motor combination with those colors but the color is solid black and the very first line of the option codes is two-tone paint and they ordered it black black with that bright Smurf blue houndstooth interior <laughs> in it. And it sounds so hideous, but it actually works. And I mean, I've had several people compliment me on how good it looks together. Oh, yeah, and it does, especially if you're a U.K. fan. Uh, yeah, exactly. University of Kentucky fan or whatever. <laughs> it's so funny. I was talking to my banker about it, and he's like, man, you got to think about it. It was the 70s. The dude probably had a blue leisure suit on when he bought it. <laughs> but i tell you what. Enough about my stuff. I want to hear about why we call you Odd Rod. I want to hear about that crazy station wagon you got. The infamous Betty White, as Miss it's been came to known. Well, it is a 91 Chevrolet Caprice wagon. It's worth about $1,500 if you were to go to buy one, and I got about 20000 in it. Um, it started, it's a good investment. You know, a solid investment. I think I'll get absolutely none of my money back on this car. But I love it. Um well, actually, this car's got a cool backstory too. It was built probably seven years ago um, when the LS was originally put in. It's out of a 04 GTO, and uh, a good buddy of mine and I didn't know this at the time actually built the car. And the car drifted around a little bit, and I saw it for sale on Craigslist, and I wanted it, but they were asking way too much for the car. That should have told me something right there. Anyhow, I bought another car, done a little work to it, and it came back around for sale. So I was able to buy it at that time. I got the car. It was a lot of fun. Um, long story real short, I hydrolocked that motor, and we, it, you know, it toasted it. So we uh, we started looking a around. A couple of bent rods later. Oh, yeah. Bent rods, crack block. It was it was good times. Um, so started looking around. Well, I got a 6.0 for it now. Uh, like I said, it originally had the 5.7, but it's got a 6.0 in it now. Uh, it's got all ARP studs throughout the block. It's got a Brian Tooley Stage 4 cam, his uh, lifters and titanium valves and all that, um, or titanium retainers. 
And uh, 243 heads, got LS6 intake on it, stainless headers. Uh, the car should be making roughly 500 horsepower when it's all put together. It's got Yank 3600 stall. Well, that car was actually one of the first LS Caprice wagons around. To our knowledge, it was. Um, that can't be proven. But at the time... I mean, there could have been too many people dumb enough to put an LS motor in a station wagon. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you know, you had you guys doing it to your 94 through 96 uh, Impala SSs, which this shares that same body style with. But, I mean, yeah, nobody's really doing this to a wagon. So you're talking seven, eight years ago. Yeah, this was probably the first one that was done. On top of that, the car sits on some Boss 338 wheels, and then up front it's got the 13.4-inch rotors off a of Corvette uh, Core 3 out in Oregon. They actually make a kit to do that. So it's a pretty fast car. It's um, it's a lot of fun. It's just, I mean, it's a crazy combination, really. I tell you what's crazy. It's like, you know, I hear all this stuff, and you know, you're this LS Corvette stuff. Corvette brakes, Corvette this. Why didn't you just buy a Corvette, you know? Well, you see Corvettes aren't fat guy friendly, and I happen to be a little fluffy, so the wagon was the way to go. The wagon's got room to move. Oh, absolutely, and you can haul a 4x8 sheet of plywood in the back to boot. Guys, what we're doing here is we're setting up, and this is something me and Rob have talked about, we want to include your guys' cars on this show. So we wanted to set this segment up and talk a little bit about ours. But in the future, we want to hear from you guys. I want you guys to get on Facebook and talk about your cars. Tell us why it deserves a little spotlight here on the show. Exactly. We want to hear about your ride. I mean, whether it's your Mustang, it's your muscle car. We want to hear about it. Or your Honda or even your motorcycle. We don't care. Truck, Four-wheel drives, Jeeps. We want to hear about it, guys. Coming up next, we're talking about Fast and the Furious 8. They're dropping the trailer today, so we're going to be discussing that. We're going to be discussing SEMA, and we have a very special calling guest. I'll tell you what, guys. Stay tuned. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour on 106.3 WORD. Stimulating talk that's firing on all eight cylinders. You're fueling up with Hot Rods and Happy Hour with Rob and Odd Rod. 106.3 WORG, the Upstate Talk Station. is always high octane on Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Like, follow, and connect at 1063WORD.com. Welcome back, all you fine listeners here in the upstate. Rob Pitts, are you ready to go back to the silver screen? I'm ready to go. I got my popcorn. I'm ready. All right, well, I'm Odd Rod, and today we are going to be talking about Fast and Furious. You know they're dropping the trailer for Fast 8 today. I'm excited about it. i tell you what, this movie... Hate it or love it, you've watched it. Oh, every absolutely. car, every car guy. This is a car guy movie, and there's been eight, they're coming out with the eighth. Yeah, Fast and Furious. I now. heard rumor of talking about ten, and you know this has been Universal Studios' biggest franchise that started all the way back in 2001. This this is blown up. Well, man. I've got a funny story about 2001 and the Fast and Furious. <laughs> I know this. You story. see, you see, back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day, you know, Rob wasn't the muscle car guy. Rob was the Mustang guy. Yeah, that's, yeah. I had my tricked out 94 Mustang GT, triple black, lowered. I remember being at the Hollywood 20 movie theater with my car sitting up on the sidewalk when they debuted the Fast and Furious with my strobe lights and my street glow neons. 
Not LED kits, glass neon tubes under your car. How old were you? 20. That explains a lot. But but you see what I'm saying? When that came out, I mean, I thought that was like the end-all, be-all. You know, when I was 20, I was rocking around in a 63 Impala, right? I just I want to let you know where we stood in life. I just want to let you know that. Yeah. Anyhow, we're talking about Fast and the Furious. All right. <laughs> And funny how, funny how it changes now, though. You, now you've got the late model car, and I have the old car. So yeah, no, that's that? weird. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we're talking about Fast and the Furious, though. You know, a lot of stars have graced this film. You know, you got, of course, you got Vin Diesel and the late Paul Walker. You got Dwayne Johnson, who really stepped up. Tyrese Gibbons, Gibson, Ludacris. Sun Kang, who's actually a huge car guy. We saw him out at SEMA, actually. Well, I mean, that's the thing about this. This guy, he's at SEMA every year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was so funny. I actually bumped into him year before last at SEMA at the Encore, you know, which is in the Wynn Casino. And he's just walking around like a normal guy. And, like, we stay, we stood there and talked for probably 30 minutes. I mean, oh. just a super cool laid-back guy. He does a lot of charity stuff, too. Yeah, he does a lot of charity stuff. And he helps a lot of kids out, uh, you know, getting into the into the hobby of building cars and whatnot. And then you got Lucas Black and Jason Statham, you know, and going back and talking about Paul Walker, I know that's a tough, touchy subject. A lot of us have heartfelt remorse for his loss, but he was another big car guy. I mean, he had a huge car collection, awesome cars. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he was a, he was a true car guy. He wasn't just an actor in a car movie. Yeah, and I think it really rocked the car community when we lost him, but, you know, because of that fact that, you know, you know in some of the first movies, he used his actual cars. Well, and that's the cool thing. I'll be honest with you, the cars were just as much important characters in the movies as the actual actors themselves. Absolutely. I mean, from the start, when we saw that little lime green eclipse to that 70 Dodge Charger. In so many variations. God almighty, I was going to say that exact same thing. I mean, and then some more cool cars you had along the way. You had the rendition of the F-bomb Camaro that's actually owned by David Freiberger. Never ask him for a picture, by the way. <laughs> Sore subject, isn't it, Audra? Oh, yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> then you, I mean, you got the old C-10s. You got the Grand National. I mean, this movie encompassed everything. I mean, Chevelles. I mean, any kind of import you can think of. Well, you of. had Camaros. You had Challengers, import cars. You had your Skylines. I mean, Lancers. Exactly. I mean, this thing covered so many. You had trucks. I mean, there's so many genres covered. <laughs> <laughs> and in part two, good lord, at the 9C1 Caprices we lost. Jesus. Oh, lord. I'm going to tell you something, man. How about the Scion? It looked like the Hulk. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. You didn't mention Little Bow Wow, one of the <laughs> biggest stars of all. What's up with that? Well, there's a reason I didn't mention him, actually. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, and then you got the movie tricks. How about the 16-mile-long airstrip? And I, I think episode or movie number six there. They were on that airstrip for like half the movie. What's where's the one that did the fuel house? That was four, right? That's four. That's four where they did the fuel house. They had the Grand National and it looked like he was doing all these driving scenes. The car was actually the body was put on the frame backwards. The engine was where the truck's at. Yep. A lot of people don't know that. They had a driver behind Vin Diesel driving exactly. the car. And Vin just basically was reacting to what the driver was doing. Yeah, it was actually which I mean, things like that have been done before, but it's actually really cool for him to do that. That car was on eBay for sale. Yeah. For, for a while, actually, like that's so many like guys that, that bid on it that never picked it up, so they kept relisting it. And why didn't you buy it? Because my garage is already full. <laughs> I don't need a backwards Grand National. <laughs> oh, but the looks you'd have got rolling around Greenville and that thing. Definitely get some neat, some mean looks anyway going down the road. And then you know, talking about the seventy Charger that we've seen changed over time and time again. You know, in the very first episode, not the hero car, but the crash cars actually had a fake blower 
taped basically to the hood. Well, it was bonded to the hood, but yeah. like two-sided tape because it's like a fiberglass copy of like a 671 or 871 blower. And I think the thing is even crazier. Sorry, Mopar guys. It was powered by small block Chevrolets. But actually, they are all powered by small block Chevrolets. Yeah, and in your newer movies, you see a lot of LS3s under the hood. And even the new hero car we got to see at SEMA, which I don't want to hit on too much, but it was powered by LS3. Yeah, and that's the thing that was kind of crazy because they wouldn't pop the hood on it. <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. And then, you know, and then we're talking about the Chevelle. They actually, this again in part four, when they built a Dom, you see him riding around the red Chevelle and they painted it primer gray. They built one car to do the wheel stand scene. And the that's thing it. had a 502 big block in it. Yes, sir. And that's the crazy thing. It's like Rob said, you know, you had Dodges, Fords, even imports with LS motors or small blocks in it. It's just bizarre that they've done that, but I guess they want something reliable. Well, I mean, it's not only that. I mean, you got to think about it. I mean, they call small block Chevrolet's belly button motors for a reason because yep. everybody's exactly. got one. I mean, they're just so easy to get. And, and they're, they're cost effective. It is cost effective. So, I mean, but I mean, the cars, I mean, we've seen them. We want them. It got a lot of us into the hobby, I think, even. And we're talking about Fast and the Furious here, Rob. But let's talk about Fast 8. The You know, the trailer is dropping today. What do you think about it? What do you want to see out of that movie? Well, I mean, we kind of got a few sneak peeks when we were in Vegas of, of some of the things we're going to see in the movie, and I like the direction they're going with it. I think the cool thing about these movies, if you notice, they're sticking with the muscles in the classic cars and things like that. I mean, you see a few high-end imports. They're not messing with Mitsubishi Eclipses anymore and things like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think it's a little more eye candy for everybody oh, the way they fix these cars up. And, you know, now, I mean... I hate to be a little bit of a spoiler alert, but the hero car looks like something out of Mad Max. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a rendition of a 70 Dodge Charger that you have never seen before. It looks like you took the Back to the Future DeLorean and a 70 Charger and you morphed them together. That's basically the best way to put that. It looks like a couple of five-gallon <laughs> trash cans on in the, the back. back. <laughs> but, uh, but definitely, definitely something to keep your eyes out for. When you see it, you're going to be like, man, those guys were right. You know, and it's crazy. I'm... I'll be honest. I'm going to address the elephant in the room on this one. I'm anxious to see what they do with Paul Walker or or Brian O'Connor's character as they transition to the eighth movie. I mean, how many times are they just going to keep using his brother? Because they actually had to use his brother in some CGI stuff before. Yeah, and they talked about that. The last article I actually read said that he's not going to be in the new one. So I'm really anxious to see how they end that character, if you will. Oh, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see. You know, and... A lot of people don't know this also. They're actually going to be filming that movie in New York, and I think it's great. It's going to be a refreshing new place because, you know, it's been in a lot of different countries. and It's actually going to Cuba this go-round, but I think it's going to be a refreshing to have it over here on the East Coast, you know, mainly up and down the East Coast, really. Oh, yeah. Well, it'll definitely be a great movie. I think so. All right, guys. I'll tell you what up next. Stay tuned. We're talking about SEMA. We're heading to Vegas. Robert, get your gambling shoes on, son. We're going to Sin City. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour Radio on 1063 WORD. From custom car shows and swap meets to racing and 4x4 events, it's all about rods and rides on Hot Rods and Happy Hour, live and local on 1063 WORD. Grab your radio and hold on. This is where speed and horsepower rules. Hot Rods and Happy Hour. Live and local with Rob and Odd Rod. On 106.3 WORD. All right, guys. Welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts with my co-host. 
Odd Rod. I tell you what, Odd Rod, pack your bags, son. We're getting on a plane. We're going to Vegas. I like Vegas. This is a good town. I tell you what, Vegas is a happening place. Why are we going to Vegas? SEMA, son. I'm SEMA. All I Say need no to know. More. All I need to know. I'm heading. I tell you what, we won't tell you guys about SEMA, you know, and it's a great event, but I think we need to tell you a little more about SEMA. You know, you see the things on TV about it, and you hear things from people that have been. But, you know, to give you the history of SEMA. Ah, the history of SEMA. First of all, let's start off with what SEMA stands for. SEMA is the Specialty Equipment Market Association. Well, and I mean, and this is the thing. It's a trade show. It's not a car show. And that's a lot of people think it's like, what's oh, a big car show? No, it's actually a trade show. It's industry only. Yeah, it does have a big car show happening. Well, in it's, that it's a trade show with a car show inside it, but you know what I'm saying. It's everything you could ask for. Um, but SEMA started back in 1963, and it was formed by nine guys. Out of those nine guys, that included Dean Moon. Of, of course, of Moon Eyes. And then, of course, Vic Edelbrock Jr., who we all know, and have helped make richer. <laughs> yes, every one of us have. Um, you know, and at the t- it now consists at the time it was only the nine guys, but now it consists of over six thousand companies worldwide. I mean, this thing has took off like wildfire. Oh, it, it's unreal! It's grown exponentially. You know, SEMA is the largest event is held annually, like we said in Las Vegas. Um, absolute pleasure if you ever get to go. Um, and originally up till nineteen seventy. It you was know, originally it, called the Speed Equipment Manufacturers exactly, Association. Exactly. Um, and they changed that in 1970. To the Specialty Equipment to actually kind of give it a – clean the image up a little bit. Exactly. Kind of keep the bureaucrats happy. Yeah, unfortunately, the bureaucrats stepped in. And, and, you know, they said a lot of people would be turned off by the word speed, but not us. Well, I mean, not a car guy, but the outside public, maybe they see. And the thing you got to think about is please everybody nowadays. Well, well, it's not that. We got to think about it. In the '60s, hot rodders were a lot considered like like bikers. I mean, it was a rough bunch. Um, What's changed? Well, well, it has changed. I mean, we have doctors, and we have. I mean, I mean, Donald Trump's son has a hot rod. I mean, it's a. It's it's more than that now, but it was actually kind of frowned upon a little bit back then. It was, it was. You know, and the first show was held in 1967 in the basement of Dodger Stadium, actually. That's to give you an idea how small the show was. I didn't even know Dodger Stadium had a basement. That's crazy. You know, and later it moved on to Anaheim, you know, because it grew up a little bit. And then at the end they were looking, because this show just kept growing. I mean, it was unreal. So they were looking for a place to hold it, so... The answer was simple: Las Vegas. Take it to Vegas. There was room to grow. They had the convention center there. You know, there was the towns growing, and plus, you know, if you want to host a banquet and you want someone to perform there for you, what better you have place? Every washed-up celebrity in the world. <laughs> Where do they end up? Vegas. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there was people performing in Vegas while we were there. They were dead. <laughs> Still, Prince was there. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, we we had Prince at our hotel. It's, it's an unreal place. You know, SEMA has grown so much over the years. It now encompasses over one million square feet of area, and has over one hundred fifty thousand people that go through the doors throughout the week. And I drug you over every square inch of that one million square feet. Oh yeah, I, I have my fitness pal on my uh, phone, and you know, I don't know why, but it's on there, and it, it said Only I, by accident. Let me tell you, it said I did anywhere between twelve and fifteen miles a day. Trust me, I knew where we went. <laughs> you, you do that five days in a row, you and, get your workout in for the day. Yeah, <laughs> you can skip the gym. Yeah, it's definitely, it's unreal. It's a bucket list place for anybody in the automotive world by 
by a long shot. Oh, it is. I mean, that's literally SEMA's our Graceland. I mean, it's it's one of those things that you know, everybody's heard about, and so many people have never got the opportunity or never will have the opportunity to go. So that's the reason we kind of want to bring that back to you guys. And we got a real special guest coming up next that's going to even shed some more light on SEMA. Oh, yeah. Dennis Pittsburgh, he is Mr. SEMA. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's the voice of SEMA Live, SEMA Ignited. This guy, you've seen him on Velocity Channel. Highway to sell. He's hot rods. He's on Hot Rod Radio in California. Yeah, Hot Rod Magazine Radio. And that and that's awesome. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, it's not upstate South Carolina cool, but it's I. Yeah, <laughs> it'll do. It'll do. He he's a great guy. But you know, let's talk more about SEMA, Robin. That's what we're really talking about here. You know, let's let's talk about our experience. We just went out there. You've been out there before. You know, yeah, last well, year. And, well, and that, the thing that's fun about SEMA is every year it's something different. You know, the only thing that doesn't change is that bright red carpet <laughs> in, in the convention center. You open the door, it looks like it's bleeding to death. But it's uh, <laughs> It looks like our good friend Josh's interior on his truck. Yeah, really. This thing, you just open the door and you're like, oh, man. <laughs> the uh, it, It's just it's breathtaking. I mean, just from the displays. I mean, uh, just the sign, the signage, and just the boost himself. You know, a lot, a lot of our listeners might not know this about me. I'm a sign guy by profession. Uh, yeah, it is a unreal place just to see the signs there. Oh, you were on Sign Nerd Overload. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was there. Rob was looking at every car, and I'm sitting here taking notes on how to build that sign. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's, that's the thing. I mean, nobody half-steps at SEMA. I mean, no. You look no. at the displays that Ford and Mopar and Chevrolet have. I mean, these things are huge. I mean, they have a football field inside of a building each. Oh, yeah. A Ford, I mean, this is no exaggeration. Ford's booth was literally the size of a football field. And it was it was awesome. I mean, it was just neat. I mean, they had million-dollar GT40s, and then they had the new GT project or the GT prototype car there sitting yeah. right beside that car. Yeah, they, you know, have some of their old race cars, trucks they've modified. Toyota had that what thousand horsepower Tundra there or Forerunner. Yeah, I mean that's I mean and that's, uh, Kia was even there with yeah. custom Kias. They had a Kia on tracks like a tank. <laughs> I mean, is you'll see some of the most bizarre things coming out of there, and then you know the guys that build cars to come to SEMA to kind of make their start or. To show off what they can do, you know, like Richard Rawlings had his cars there. He's, you know, the Pantera with the EcoBoost motor in it. A little funny story about the Pantera. <laughs> we were actually there on Monday, which is setup day. SEMA's actually only four days long. So it goes from Tuesday to Friday. But Monday is like, you know, your last setup day. And it was so crazy because you walk in there Monday and the building's half empty. You yeah. come in Tuesday morning, bright and early, and it's like wall to wall. But we came in Monday, and me and Odd were out walking around, and there was Richard Rollins, Gas Monkey Garage, Pantera, EcoBoost Pantera sitting there, you know, in all its glory. And we look at it, and the right rear quarter's just killed on it, right in the corner. <laughs> and apparently the story is it got hit by a forklift, not once, but twice while they were bringing the car in. Yeah, and, and that's another crazy thing. You know, we're talking about SEMA, and... How they bring the cars in is an amazing thing. You see a Lamborghini just driving through a convention center. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just bizarre. I mean, an, an open header Lamborghini, too. This is a full race car. This isn't just like one you'd see in a big town somewhere or something. And it's just cruising around. Like, literally, I believe he drove every island. I think he was cruising. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, we're talking about the guys that build their cars there. You know, you had Sam Hart. I mean, that's another thing. This show brings people from across the world. Well, I mean, we had Sam Hart. Sam Hart is from the UK. Sam Hart hosts a, a show for Discovery UK called Hard Up Garage. And, you know, basically he's like the Richard Rollins of the UK. Absolutely. This guy took a 1936 Rolls Royce, which is, you know, the most regal car you've ever seen. It was owned by a guy that was literally royalty. 
and they've cut it every way but loose. We're talking about a solid aluminum car. He puts a big block Chevrolet, and it chops the top, sections, channels it. I <laughs> Mexican blanket Mexican on the Mexican blankets. I mean, he rips out the Rolls-Royce glove leather and puts Mexican blankets in their place. Oh, yeah, and that is a cool car in and of itself. I don't mean to get off topic, but I just want to stop here. That car, you know, Sam built that as a garage in the U.K., but it also jumped over and went to Mexico for the finishing because it went down to Street Toys down there. And they done a phenomenal job. And that was what that car was all about. It was the royalty, you know, being the Rolls Royce from over in the UK, mixed with the Mexican styling, yet it was powered by an American big block. That was a car to pull everybody together. And they did an awesome job on it. Well, even as a rat rod, I mean, that car's got a solid aluminum frame. I mean, it's just trick as it gets. Yeah, crazy, crazy builds. And, you know, SEMA brings that. SEMA brings all these people together. All these wonderful cars. And then you got the star power walking around. Oh, man, for days. For one, we were there. I, I mean, mean, who else do you want to see? Does it get any better? I mean, like, when you're in Vegas, who do you want to see? Odd Rod, Rob, Wayne Newton. Done. I mean, absolutely. The star power is unreal. You got guys like Chip Foose. You got Richard Rawlings. You know, you got Ian from uh, Extreme 4x4. Okay, that guy just weirds me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why is that? Everywhere we went. God he was mind. standing there, like literally, like if you want a picture that bad, just ask for it. And damn, yeah. And there was plenty of other stars there. I mean, we talked to countless stars. Oh yeah, we had Mark Worman from Graveyard Cars. We had Lou Santiago, Car Fix, Courtney Hanson, of course, Power Block. You know, everybody knows her. Had the Martin Brothers and whole Iron Resurrection. Crew. Uh, that's a funny story there. That's a that's a story right there. But I don't think we need to tell that one on yeah, air. Yeah, that one right there, guys. We may top that one out on the Facebook. Hit page me up on Facebook point. for that yeah, story. Yeah, we, we we probably don't need to be. We may get a dirty letter on that one. Uh, you know, we had Barry McGuire walking around with that killer smile. That man's got some teeth like no other. Well, yeah, if you sold the company for what he sold it for, you'd, you'd be, be smiling, smiling too. too. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, we had Stacy David, Danny Coker, you know, Counts Customs. Uh, killer after party, by the way. Right. Oh, God. Stories from there. All right, guys, I'll tell you what. And we also we also had Jeff Allen there from the Car Chasers and the Skid Marks podcast. Yeah, you actually did an interview with him, didn't you? Yes, sir. All right, guys, coming up next, we're going to be talking to Dennis Pittsburgh. I'm very excited about this right here on 106.3 WORD. Nitro for your ears. Tank is full on Hot Rods and Happy Hour with Rob Pitts and Odd Rod. On 106.3 WORD. Get it, boy. Whether it's four on the floor or three on the tree, this is Hot Rods and Happy Hour. All right, guys, welcome back to Hot Rods and Happy Hour. This is Rob Pitts and my co-host, Todd Rod. We're talking to Dennis Pitsenbarger, a very good friend of ours. So, Dennis, I tell you what, we got you on the phone. I think a good question. You know, you've done so many things with the automotive hobby and, and the industry in general. I mean, you know, you, you were, of course, you had the TV show and, of course, you know, the Cars Illustrated thing. And, I mean, you've done so much. I mean, you're literally the hardest working man at SEMA. Every time we see you, you got a microphone in your hand and you're talking to somebody literally the whole week. So... You know, first off, I mean, I really want to touch base on SEMA a little bit, but what is probably one of your favorite automotive jobs you've ever had? Well, I mean, SEMA would definitely be at the top of that list. I mean, you know, um, being able to be part of the SEMA experience for everyone there, uh, being able to then turn around and work with Dave McClellan for a couple of years before he retired and then kind of take that over as uh you know one of the two people getting to do that this year for not only the new product breakfast 
but also for the SEMA Central and then for the banquet, uh, it's a real feather in the hat. You know, I mean, it, it puts me in front of the entire industry. And, you know, it's something that, you know, the, as you guys know, the industry is something that I love. And so, you know, to, to be able to be a representative of that is incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have to agree. Uh, Dennis, I was wanting to, I told Rob this would be a great question. I, I want you to tell us what is the most interesting interview you've done with someone at SEMA? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> well, you know, interesting, most interesting. I've had a lot of great interviews there. Uh, I like it when I can reach into someone's regular everyday today love of the automobile and have it not be about what they're doing or about what product they're, you know, promoting or what event they're promoting. When you just get to sit and talk about the cars that you get to drive on an everyday basis, you know, I, when you, a perfect example might be uh, Scrape from Black Widow Exhaust, you know, talking about just building the cars that not only can you go out and have fun with and beat on, but also put his kids in the back because it's got, you know, five-point harnesses for the youngsters <laughs> in the back of his wagon. No, nothing says family like Simpson race belts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, it's hard. You know, I mean, if, I know that if someone is at, and, and I have been asked this question before, what's the two best interviews you've done? And I always go back to, they weren't, they actually were years before that with Hot Rod Magazine, with both Carol Shelby and Mario Andretti, which we talked about absolutely nothing that had to do with cars. <laughs> you know, They're I, just I interesting about, people. Well, that was it. I talked about, you know, Mario, I talked about his winery, and Carol, we talked about cows. So, <laughs> Well, I will tell you something. If Carol Shelby was talking to me and he wanted to talk about cows, damn it, we're talking about cows. Yeah. I'd, oh, yeah. You let him take the wheel. <laughs> And I did. I mean, he, you know, you you get him talking about something that isn't always the same thing. I mean, pardon me for that. Everybody's got a, you know, a, a car they want to build, a car they're building, something they want to play with, a race car. But, you know, the other side of the coin is, you know, a lot of us are just regular guys that get to, you know, make a living in the wonderful automotive industry. But yet we're still soccer dads and PTA members and you know, the, the local elementary school Santa Claus, which I've done all of those and still do. Oh, so, yeah. And today we're talking with Dennis Pitsenbarger here on the radio. And, and you know, I, I watch your Facebook, and you are just a regular guy. I mean, like all of us, you are you are a soccer dad through and through. <laughs> well, you know, that's the funny part is that's what I think um, a lot of people are sometimes surprised when they meet me. And I'm just sitting at the airport or I'm, you know, walking down the street. I'm just a regular guy. You know, I'm, I'm nobody special. I'm just, a, I just, I just am very lucky. Yeah. And that, that's really what it is. I get to do something that I love. And along the way, I get to build a few cars, play with some cool parts, meet a lot of cool people like you guys, and, and just have a good time. All right. I got to ask this. Did the soccer dad thing lead into you buying your new uh, Suburban there? Well, yeah. Okay, you got me on that one. You got me. <laughs> I figured that was a good excuse to buy it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, see, what it was is I had, everybody knew I had that Bronco. And I had another friend of mine in the industry that had to have it. And he lives out in the, in the Midwest where everything's rusty, as you guys know. And, he, you know, he's in the rust belt. And he, you know, he had to have it. <laughs> and, I, and I didn't have any problem selling to him because I know it would go to a good home. Well, I, I think you had your eye on that Camaro, too. 
Well, and uh, see, there's where that leads to. Is I bought, I sold, <laughs> the only reason I sold the Bronco is so I could buy another Z28. Well, then I bought that Z28 and getting in and out of that thing with a roll cage became very tedious. So when my other friend had the Suburban for sale, how do you pass that thing up for less than a thousand bucks? I mean, it's a big a no turbo four right. corporate fourteen rig. I had to buy it, and yeah, I know. I, well, the thing is, I'm I'm kind of on the I'm on the car buying hi- hiatus right now because my wife said uh, we get more pets, more chickens, or more something at the house if I buy any more cars. So. Dennis, I don't think I should be giving marital advice, but I feel like I need to step in here. You know, I've only I've only been divorced twice, but I won't tell you it's a lot easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. See. Well, you know, you're right, but I've asked for a lot of forgiveness, dude. I mean, <laughs> Sometimes you just got to stop. <laughs> you know, you can only ask for forgiveness for the same thing so many times. Like, well, look, honey, what I bought. Look, honey, what I bought. Look, honey, what I bought. <laughs> it was a great um, deal. Dennis, don't worry. I do the same thing, and I don't know why she stays with me, but thank God she does. After I brought the second wagon home, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I almost left you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she, she, you know, I mean, she also let me, you know, do a bunch of mods to her Yukon. So, you know, God bless her for letting me even play around with her car. It sounds like you found you a good one there, buddy. Yeah, I did. I did. All right, so we're, again, we're talking to Dennis here. Um, everybody knows you as Mr. SEMA. You are, without a doubt, one of the major faces of SEMA. But you also do work for Cars Illustrated. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do there? Well, uh, my card says I'm the janitor and the, uh, <laughs> and the test pilot. But, you know, I, I was lucky enough, a good friend of mine bought Cars Illustrated as an entity a few years ago. And when he wanted to resurrect the brand, which... You know, I can't say that it's the only magazine I ever read, but you know, back in you know in the '80s when that magazine was in its uh, publication days, I read that. I read Carcraft and Hot Rod and PHR and everything else. And when I got an opportunity to work for that, it was just something that I didn't really even ask. It was you know kind of the reverse of that forgiveness thing. I just basically said, "I'm going to take. I got to take a part of this." <laughs> and it's just been a really cool thing, kind of resurrecting an old brand. Uh, obviously bringing it into the, you know, into the modern day, you know, there's, there's never going to be, well, I can't say never, but right now it's all digital. It's all at carsillustrated.com. And it's really about the regular guy, you know, like we just put up a story, uh, you know, uh, we have a very common thing called the street stomper, which is a real guy with a real car. Um, you know, I got, I got nothing against someone who can go out and spend 125 grand on a pro mod chassis and another <laughs> 75 grand on. Are you trying to say straight out those cars aren't real? <laughs> yeah, well, those cars, yeah, they're not exactly real, but you know, I mean, it's just more the guy that I look at. I look at it because it's a real reflection of me. I just got a couple old Camaros that I go play with, and that to me is the regular guy. Yep, absolutely. All right, Dennis, I've got one question for you. Okay. Budget, not an issue. And you're going out today to get your next car. What would you go for? Z01. I like that it. One, that was quick. <laughs> that, that was that a no-brainer. That, that, that was no thought in that. You sure? A Z01 Camaro. All right, Dennis. Well, we don't have much time, unfortunately, but I want to thank you very much for taking your time and uh, coming on the show with us. And I hope you get to enjoy the PRI show, and I hope we get to see you there next year, man. Well, I hope to, too, man. I mean, you guys, you guys are... 
You know, I, I, I miss radio. You know, I was lucky enough to do radio for Hot Rod Magazine and several years before that, and it's a great medium, and you guys do a great job, and I, it's a real honor to come on the program with you guys because it's, it's the kind of stuff that I love to sit back, whether it's on, my, on a podcast and I've recorded it or listen to the program on a local station and just sit back in the garage and listen to because it's the kind of entertainment that you want to hear is you guys on the on a squawk box while I'm out in the garage <laughs> goofing around. So it's my honor, and thank you for having me on. We appreciate that, man. Thank you very much, Dennis. All right, guys, I want to thank you very much for joining us for Hot Rods and Happy Hour here on 106.3 WORD. Join us next week, same Hot Rod time, same Hot Rod channel. All right, guys, we'll see you. High Performance Radio. You're listening to Hot Rods and Happy Hour with Rob Pitts and Odd Rod on 106.3 WORD, the Upstate's talk station. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.